Kia ora. I'm Strawn from Communist Communion. I'm a writer and an author from Aotearoa, New Zealand. This prayer is called When Newness Isn't Easy from Prayer Volume 1. God of gracious transformation, when I'm too afraid to accept your newness, lift courage from the mire within me and help me take the first step. If you have tried and failed enough, you'll know how hard it can be when newness comes knocking. Here's to saying yes to the newness of today and embarking on the now adventure of the moment that God's inviting us into. In the early years when I was first starting out in music, it would often be a case that through prayer or through someone or circumstance, Katie and I would get a sense that we're being called to a place or to a people. Our first trip, we kind of went on this bizarre six-week sort of mission trip through the States. We came back from that and then the next year we felt called to Germany. Germany, Uganda and some other places. And kind of in a leap of faith, we were connected with a German tourist in Aotearoa at the time who happened to book venues, who offered to book me a tour in Germany. We said yes and we went ahead with it. In that moment of our lives, we did not have the kind of money to fly myself and my wife Katie and our first child, who was about one year old at the time, all the way to Europe and back on a three-month trip, which is what this was going to be. But we felt so convinced that God had said, go to Germany, that we invested in it, expecting kind of miracle provision and this beautiful time and amazing stories. Well, as it turned out, six months when we started planning the trip, everything was looking good. But then four months came and then it came to three months and then two months. And it was six weeks out and we still didn't have enough money to buy the ten or $15,000 flight tickets around the world that we needed for the trip. And we were starting to get nervous. And we were praying and praying and God just did not seem to be answering. And we were stressed, like we were crazy anxious. And so one morning I went down to the beach and I, w- I meant to just pray all day and seek God's face. And I was just so frustrated that God hadn't done what he said he was going to do that I slammed my fist on the car and I said, God, give us money. (laughs) I just drove off. Anyways, I had a lunch meeting with um, friends that I used to meet with every single week for lunch. And at the end of it, one of them slipped me a check and just said, hey man, God's been telling me to give this to you for a few weeks now. I keep forgetting, but here's $2,000 towards your Germany trip. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, I should get angry with God more often. So I was driving home and um, I called a friend to say, you're not going to believe this because I was meant to be going with a friend of mine and said, you're not going to believe this. Someone just gave me $2,000. Maybe this thing's going to happen after all. And the conversation that followed was something to the effect of, well, that's great news, man, because guess what? I'm about to give you or commit to giving you $11,000. We had just enough money between those two things to go and buy the ticket paid for our flights, booked the tickets, prepared for the trip, everything's ready. And then the day we leave for the airport, we're leaving with our one-year-old son. We had no money. Like our credit card was maxed out. I asked my dad to put some accommodation on a credit card for him, but it wasn't accepted and his card maxed out. And we had nowhere to stay in Los Angeles for the first three nights that we were there. 
And we were literally driving to the airport. It was like six o'clock at night, having anxiety attacks and freaking out. And we got a text back from my friend saying, I found a place for you to stay tonight when you land. And then the next couple of nights. The reason we were living like this is because almost 15 years earlier, when I was 12 years old, God had said, Strawn, I want you to play music, share my gospel and travel the world. And I had this amazing idea of what that would look like. And the reality was very different. We left New Zealand with $150 in our pocket, traveled through Europe for three months and came back with $100 in our pocket. It was scary, exhilarating, exciting and adventurous, but it was not what I thought. And that was probably my first experience of realizing there is often a distance between how God will do a thing and how we imagine it. And that's how I think of newness. Newness for me in this poem, when I think about it, is another way of talking about resurrection or transformation. And when I think about resurrection and I look at Jesus' life, I realize that first and foremost, resurrection only comes through the passage of death. There can only be a raising from the grave if there is first a grave that is full of something to be raised. And so newness, I find, in what this poem and prayer is about, is about how resurrection often follows unexpected death or misplaced hope and expectations. And so we can glorify newness and resurrection and miracles a lot in the church. We want to pray for miracles or we want to see the miraculous and some of the language that goes around, but very, very rarely do I ever meet somebody quite willing to put themselves in a position where they desperately need and rely on that miracle. We had every opportunity to pull out of that tour. Six weeks out, I was thinking, this is the wrong thing to do. People are committing, venues are booking me in, I've booked a tour. We were placed in a moment of desperation. We were placed in a moment of death. The other thing that I think about when I think about Jesus' resurrection as the kind of prototype for how we expect and experience newness in our life is that Jesus' resurrection was both sudden and it was gradual in the sense that Jesus' resurrection was a sudden event. He went into the grave on the third day. He rose again. The disciples found him and discovered him. He went out into the world. He ascended to heaven. It was an absolute once in history moment that changed everything. It was the birth of a miracle. But it was also gradual in that Jesus' kingdom was born then. But even now, 2,000 years later, it's still coming into fruition. And so newness in our own life or resurrection or transformation in our own life often looks like a starting point that's very exciting and deliberate and intentional and loud and then can sometimes take months, years, even decades or a lifetime to come to place. And so newness becomes this repetitive process in a way where we're forced to reckon with the constant unmeeting of expectations and misplaced hopes, the constant experiencing of little deaths on the way to the newness that God had promised us. The meditation in this poem starts by saying, if you have tried and failed enough, you'll know how hard it can be when newness comes knocking. And I think maybe it's something that only comes with life and years of maturity in Christ 
and in God and following Him is you realize that failure is a very vibrant and uh, repetitive and existent part of our spiritual walks. And in a lot of ways, kind of like Peter the disciple, we're constantly failing in order to get it right. You know, Peter, Peter has these amazing moments of promising so much. I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'll go with you to the death. And then, of course, the rooster crows. He denies Jesus three times. And that failure gives way to Jesus telling him he loves him three times. Well, Peter says, no, I won't let you wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus said, unless you wash my, I wash your feet, you can have no part in me. And he goes, well, wash my whole body then. And Jesus says, no, you're wrong again, mate. You only need, you only need clean feet. And yet each time Peter fails, he gets a greater revelation of who Jesus is and what it means to follow Him. In the same way, failure and the death of hopes and dreams and expectations of personal failure, of God's failing us, is the pathway to resurrection and newness because every time we fail, we have a little experience of discovering exactly what it is that God means when He said what He said. Failure demands that we accept that we project our own ideas into God's words. When God said to me, Strawn, I want you to play music and preach the gospel around the world, I imagined myself being kind of like a combination of Bono and, I don't know, um, Billy Graham or something. But that wasn't at all what it looked like. Most of my musical career, I'd never had enough money. My tours were um, raked with sort of financial ruin and disaster and little blessings. It was hard work, it cost us everything. And yet it was exactly what God said He would do, just nothing like I imagined it. That's why failure is so important to resurrection. That's what the cross is for so many of us. Maybe you've had a promise or an expectation that God had given you some time ago. And now all these years on, you're looking at it going, that never came to pass. And yet newness was sown there that is still active today in a way that you never expected. And so it becomes an act of courage and vulnerability to say, Father, help me to respond to your invitation to newness after 10, 20, 30 years of not seeing it come to pass. Help me allow you to transform me, to lift me out of the mud that I'm stuck in of failed expectations and disappointments, to say yes again to your newness in this moment in the way it looks for you today. So newness demands humility. It demands that we come to God and say, only you can do what you said you would do in the way that you will do it. It demands that we give ourselves over to grace, saying we have tried and failed to bring it to pass and it is dead in the water. But you are the God of resurrection and of newness. Give me strength to say yes again. Newness requires that we see the world differently. It requires that we anticipate God differently. It beckons us to have faith and to trust that when God says a thing, He will do it. But it will very unlikely look how we want it to, and it will most definitely come through the passage of death in some form in our life. And so we can only walk into newness. We should only walk into newness step by step, keeping us safe from being overwhelmed or presumptuous. When newness isn't easy, 
God of gracious transformation. When I'm too tired to accept your newness, lift courage from the mire within me and help me take the first step. May you have the courage today to revisit old promises, to retrust in God's words, to allow your expectations and hopes and disappointments to fall by the wayside, not unacknowledged, but in the grave where they belong, that God may resurrect in you today the power of newness that he's had for you since the beginning of time. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Commoners Communion Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Coleman. You can find out more about me and what I'm doing at commonerscommunion.com. You'll also find retreats that I'm running, events that I'm doing, and my prayer book there too. A huge thank you to Jonathan Class for composing the music that you hear on this episode and for helping me to produce this season. If you'd like to stay in touch more regularly, I post prayers every couple of days on Instagram, commoners underscore communion. I also stay in touch for conversation and post events regularly there. It's the best place to keep in touch. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day.